Indian family. Welcome to this episode of Leadership Masterclass, the topic of today being product. In our first masterclass, we covered startups and funding. And the next one, it is just appropriate that we talk about the product office. What is the charter of the product office and what do they intend to accomplish? And who else can I have as my guest except a very special person and a well-known friend, Madhav Venkatesh, CTO of Trust Trees. Now, let me introduce Madhav. Um, you know, who heads uh, the technology office for Trustries, a Stockholm-based company that combines blockchain, IoT, and AI to empower brands with transparency and traceability in the supply chain ecosystem. It's a brand that strives to foster sustainability across multiple industries such as fashion, apparel, and sports. And Madhav and I go a long back where we have worked together for a few years in HCL Technologies, and both of us were building a product in parallel. And Madhav built a very successful SaaS marketplace platform called Agora, which proved to be a major revenue generator for HCL Technologies, and it's it's being spoken for decades together. And from there on, Madhav also went on to head the IoT Works Group of HCL, which aimed to fasten the adoption of IoT across various verticals in HCL. And then Trustrays happened, where Madhav, along with three other co-founders, went on to build Trustrays, which has now won several customers and sponsors. And at the time when the team started, sustainability was just a boardroom topic or the buzzword. But the team has really taken the company to a different level, where Trustrays is now a very well-established brand in that ecosystem of products. And so let's hear more from Madhav, how he could build such a huge range of products and be successful at each. Madhav, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Shubha. Uh, my pleasure to be a part of this uh, great show. Uh, thank you for having me here. Yeah, the pleasure is ours. So the first question for you, right? What does the product office do? I have a couple of general questions uh, based on what your ecosystem does, right? Now, what do you do? And do you carry revenue targets? What is your overlap with the technology office? My understanding of the product office is that the product office defines the what and the technology defines the how, right? Is that correct? Please walk us through a typical product office charter and how it can function. Yeah, I think um, uh, product office, I mean, the, the roles vary and how it is set up vary based on uh, the type of products that we are developing, right? So, uh, um, I mean, today, if you if you look at Trustways, we are a tech product company. Uh, so, which means that we are solving sustainability as a problem uh, using technology. Um, so, a product office is, is not an independent function which sits in isolation and then depends the what. Um, so uh, uh, the primary responsibility of the product office is to um, uh, is to get more clarity on the problem space, right? So uh, I mean, by working with the customers and understanding uh, which is the higher priority. So we usually call this as a discovery process, right? So I mean, during a discovery process, the product office um, works closely with the customers, uh, try to understand. I mean, what are the uh, key problems that they want to solve. And especially in areas like trustability, uh, sustainability, even the customers are in an exploratory mode, right? Where uh, they're also figuring out uh, how to use a software system uh, to drive uh, improvements uh, in the brand's uh, ESG goals. So it's a collaborative exercise where um, the product managers, I mean, we have a, a product focus group where the product managers work with customers who are in the part of the product focus group. So we have segmented the, uh, the customers uh, based on uh, either their size or uh, their maturity in terms of where they are in their sustainability uh, journey uh, so that we can categorize and group uh, similar requirements, right? So that is the first thing that they do, right? So working with customers and understanding uh, 
And which is the most uh, critical problem that we can solve for the particular segment of the customers. Um, and the, the engineering uh, and the product functions are not, uh, I mean, two different functions when it comes to identifying the right solution, right? Because when it comes to the solution space, um, when you're solving a problem as a technology, right? So what is the right technology? What is the right approach to solve that problem? Uh, it, it is important to co, I mean, to co-locate uh, both the, uh, the product uh, management function and the engineering function, the designers, uh, into a single team to come up with the right solution. So, so we usually run a design sprint. I mean, where the problem is taken and and various solution approaches are uh, discussed, and then the UX team builds a prototype, uh, which can be quickly validated with uh, the uh, with the customers, and then we start building the uh, solution. Because when you are agile, I mean, you you uh, you cannot uh, I mean do a um, uh, a streamlined uh, waterfall uh, workflow, right? So, so all of them, including the customer, are a part of the uh, common uh, product organization. That's how uh, we have set up our team here. Okay. And what about research? Like, you know, do you also do uh, market research as well? Uh, is that does that also fall under the um, umbrella of a product office? Yes. Um, I mean, in our case, uh, I mean, since we are a sustainability tech company, understanding the uh, the new regulations or understanding, uh, I mean, uh, what are the new sustainability risks that are emerging in this space, which our customers might be interested in. Uh, knowing that is becoming, I mean, it's very critical part of the uh, product function. So when, when the I mean, without understanding the uh, the market, uh, without understanding where the industry is generally heading to, it'll be very difficult to um, be proactive in engaging with customers. If not, I mean, we'll always be talking at features um, and saying, okay, where, where do I put this button? How this workflow should be uh, moving? But if you want to be proactive in the conversation with the customer and where the customer also sees a value in uh, in participating in the discovery process, it is important to build that uh, uh, research uh, structure. So we don't, you call it as a market research. I mean, we have three research functions, right? One is a, a sustainability research team, which is researching in the domain or the area in which we are focused on. Then we have a product research or a technology research organization, which is focused on uh, what are the new technologies or the solution space, right, uh, side of uh, things. And then the market research, which is, uh, for example, I mean, where the customers are moving, which is the highest priority for the customers, what our competitors are doing and so on, right? So, so we have all three functions. Um, I mean, today it's, it's distributed between the product and the marketing uh, organization, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, being a startup, you don't want to build these uh, walls around. So, <laughs> um, so it's a shared team that we, both the marketing team and the product team deal with this. Okay, so I have uh, I have seen two schools of product management in in my overall work experience. Right, there are the MBA graduates that come and define your product roadmap, and I've also seen solid technical guys with a very very strong engineering background come and define uh, the product roadmap. But whatever it may be, it is my belief that the product organization is the most visionary organization in a company. Right, it combines an organization's needs. It, it combines a customer's needs and it also combines market trends to come up with a product that will actually generate revenue, right? So what are your thoughts about this? Like, you know, uh, who, I have two questions on this. Who are the right set of folks uh, to define a product roadmap? 
And what are the inputs that, that should go before you conceptualize a product, right? How do you form the team? How do you form the idea? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just take some uh, inspiration from the uh, Inspired book, right? So, um, yeah, a product manager uh, is not someone who has to identify the most uh, um, uh, innovative solution, okay? So, the, the biggest, uh, um, um, I mean, when you're an agile organization, right, I think all of us need to understand that your iteration one um, is not the best uh, uh, solution, right? So, um, your iteration one will basically get, or it will open up conversation with your customers, right? So, a product manager is a process owner. Uh, they're not the innovators, right? So they don't have to have that innovation skill. So if you take any product uh, team, which I'm including engineering as well, right? So when I call product, it is product management, designers, and engineers, all of them together. There are three major roles, right? There is an innovation that has to happen. There is an execution that has to happen. There is a evangelization that has to happen, okay? So different companies uh, uh, require these three in different percentages. For example, if I'm if I'm building the next uh, A led CRM product, I would focus more on. Uh, uh, I mean, CRM is an established space, which means that you don't have to go and talk about. I mean, what is a CRM uh, to your end customers? You don't have to um, uh, identify or discover the problems anymore. All we are working on is the solution space, looking at, for example, AI, and then trying to build differentiation, uh, some modes. Uh, uh, so the focus is, I mean, maybe. 15, 20% in innovation, 60% in execution, because you have to really be fast because that's an established market and, and you can't just, I mean, waste time. And you just have too much of competition uh, out there, right? So the focus will be majorly on execution and launching the product as early as possible. And then the evangelization is mostly focused on uh, showcasing your differentiation, how uh, your technology uh, will help customers to improve their customer satisfaction or whatnot, right? So. If, so this percentage distribution need not be same for all the industries, right? For example, in the area where that we are working on, which is sustainability tech, even manually, these processes have not been done before. So which means that you have to start with identifying what is the process innovation that is required for the brands. And then you overlay the technology innovation on that. Then you execute it faster. But with the, with the premise that your iteration one is never going to be right. Or even the second iteration need not be right, which means that I mean you need to have that I mean shorter sprints, get it quickly validated with the customers, and then you should also equally evangelize. So once you see that I mean it is working for two or three customers, you have to now make others to believe that I mean this is I mean workable, I mean this is viable and scalable for them, right? So, so it's a it's a slightly different mix of skills that you need at individual levels when you're the execution. Okay, when you're focused on execution, I mean, you, you get people I mean, who are just good at execution, right? I mean, who, who can make the idea more scalable, who can make the solution more scalable, who can work with customers, get their feedback and so on, right? When you're in the innovation side, I mean, we need more solution mindset, people with more solution mindset and people with the tech, right, a blend of technology uh, and uh, business uh, domain understanding. So I wouldn't say, MBA or technology, I would only focus on the skills and anybody can bring up that skills, right? I mean, I think, uh, uh, I mean, it just requires uh, that 
the people with the right attitude, with the agile attitude, um, I mean, in our space, we don't, I mean, we, we don't need strong executioners, which is, I mean, just keep launching product every month and just, uh, I mean, uh, look at your competition. If they're introducing two features, you just build a few features. No, we want more people who are very good at discovery, right, with customers. So that is a skill set that uh, uh, we look at. But that is why this combination is very critical. You don't get it in one person. So, you, I mean, your product team is always a product manager, a designer, and an engineer, right? Or the, the lead engineer or whoever you have in your team. They have to always be together. So it's not one person who can solve this problem. Actually, I really liked what you said, right? A product manager is someone who can execute the process for a particular industry well, right? Depending on the maturity. I really, I really just love that uh, definition that you gave. And it's not really whether you're an MBA or a technologist, it doesn't matter, right? It is about, um, you know, being able to focus on the process. That's really great. And ha sorry, having known you, what I know is that you've always... Um, you know, ridden the tiger by the tail, right? When when you built Agora, the SaaS market was just about a buzzword and it was just blooming, right? Again, sustainability, I mean, even the big companies are just now coming, but you've already, um, you know, done a startup, you have taken it through funding and all that, right? So what are, what do you think are the challenges when you're, when you're, you know, taking a big bet on a trend, which you know is not established still? Because CRM is a given. But all that you have done are new technologies where the promise of a success was never known. It is successful is an after effect, right? So when what are the precautions that someone should take or how to go about it when you don't know if the technology is going to pay off or not? So I think any uh, problem, right? See, I, I see um, uh, two schools of thoughts, right? So people start with a solution and they stick on to a solution, right? If you stick on to the problem uh, for a longer time, I think that is the most uh, critical thing, right? So, I mean, even when I was looking at SaaS uh, way back in 2007, when, I mean, maybe Salesforce was a $100 million company, NetSuite, uh, at least I knew NetSuite, I, I still recall NetSuite was a $100 million company at the time. Um, uh, I think it's uh, it's not important to uh, uh, to stick on to the solution space, right? We didn't have a solution to solve that problem. We were fascinated by the potential of, uh, I mean, what software as a service could do to the software, right? So, I mean, in early 2000s, when when we were working with uh, with the uh, offshore product engineering teams, um, while we were seeing that, I mean, a lot of uh, um, uh, traditional license-based uh, products were getting uh, challenged by these uh, new entrants. And also the belief that, I mean, over a period of time, every software gets complex, right? I mean, I think if you build a software for 15 years, obviously it will become complex because 15 years of engineering work would, would have bloated the software so much. Um, so uh, when this long tail, the idea of long tail came in, uh, which is um, start focusing on the, um, uh, the markets which has not been served so far. And then after you start building the product, then you have a, uh, you have a just enough right product uh, at some point, which even large enterprises starts uh, adopting to. Yeah. That is what we saw at the time Salesforce was going on. I mean, what was happening with Salesforce, right? 
because i was i was managing a crm product uh, 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 engineering uh, from offshore uh, and then they were getting challenged uh, by salesforce some of their customers were taking out uh, by salesforce so the trend fascinated me right so i mean these early movements i mean are real movements right so i mean the and and you can easily i mean uh, distinguish a fad and a, and a, and a reality right. if you observe them for, uh, for i mean for a long time and then you get fascinated by the by the shift um and then you stay on that for i mean maybe i i stayed on it for about 10 years right i mean so i filed some patents and i was working with other customers and when you stay on with patents right there are so many people who will tell you what is the right thing to build <laughs> uh i think if we that is why i'm saying right i mean you 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 don't think that you are an innovator and just i mean build one i mean get one patent and then just stay on it for lifetime right maybe that worked for um uh, the person who uh, who built the uh, uh, mrna vaccine i mean she just stayed on with that solution for 30 years to make it feasible and scalable i am not an r and d person right i mean i'm i mean i can't stay on the solution for long i mean i just uh like to get associated to a to an uh, to a trend which is um emerging which which i believe uh, uh i mean has shown some success and everywhere i mean you, you can see the proof points very early you can see whether it is just adopted by this technology enthusiasts or it really has a proof point uh, which is working That's at cool. scale mm. yeah which is working at scale and and i mean to me i would i am always an enterprise software guy okay and it's very easy to uh, get the trend in the enterprise software space yes people it managers are not going to spend money on a, on a technology that i mean just to explore right i mean i think they are going to uh, invest in a technology that will work for them so always i mean i had only focused on the enterprise software side and then uh, when sustainability happened yes i mean i think in early 2016 it was a it was a, a bit of a, a bet uh we took um uh, mostly because we we like the purpose behind it right i mean we we were not building that uh, i mean uh, we were not building trustways to um to have a significant exit or whatever right? we were building trustways uh, so that there will be a purpose uh, for how the technology and the solutions that we have looked in the past can be applied uh in a area which is uh, which has a global impact i think that that purpose fascinated us nothing else and then if you stay on it for four five years i mean I, of course you will learn more right i mean in the beginning neither the customer nor us knew what to do yeah. then slowly customer i mean some customers who are smarter i mean they they come and tell you hey this is why i think i mean you can add value to us and then the conversation continues right the discovery process continues so um, i like what uh, peter uh, thiel says right i mean um, uh you cannot have a f- one founding day right i mean uh, the founding has to be continuous continuous so, yeah that exists uh, in all these early i mean in all these spaces when you are early in the in the life cycle so you are early in the cycle and you hang around with the problem for quite some time and and you will automatically i mean you will naturally navigate uh towards the uh, solution right is that's what i'm getting as key takeaways i mean let's say that it is not an enterprise software our viewers are not restricted to enterprise software it could be anybody right would that still apply do you think yeah i think so right i mean i think uh, uh, i mean i think we should not get obsessed by the solution okay i think we should obsessed uh, we should get obsessed by the problem that we want to solve 
Okay. I think that is my uh, experience. So if you get obsessed with the problem, I'm sure that I mean over a period of time, you will solve it. Uh, yeah, you will solve it. Yeah, because I don't think when Facebook uh, started, right? I mean, it didn't start to become a trillion dollar company, right? So uh, you just get obsessed by to enable collaboration among people. Yeah. Or, I mean, that is where the the vision uh, is very critical, right? Because the vision is and and how you have the vision, right? I mean, like. Uh, organizing the world's information. If Google, I mean, that is the vision of Google, right? They didn't say that I will build a search engine. They didn't say that I mean I will build an email uh, uh, mailing product. They didn't say I will build a YouTube, right? I mean, or a video content platform. They just said. So that is where I've been mean, having that. Uh, uh, I mean, or abstracting the problem statement into a product vision, uh, which is more inspirational or more long term. That's going to be critical. Right. Uh, you still need a boundary, right? You cannot just go and say that, hey, I mean, so you cannot say that, okay, that is a blockchain. So today we don't associate so much with blockchain, blockchain. as a solution, right? I mean, we feel A is a better solution than blockchain. So, I mean, when, when you introduced me as a blockchain, I mean, Clusters as a blockchain, I mean, no, we don't call it anymore as blockchain company because we have moved on. We have, we have found that the fundamental problem is the data. Yeah. If you don't solve, crack the data collection problem, whether you put it in a blockchain or not, right? I mean, that is a second it's problem, right? I mean, it's a, it comes after five years, after you figured out how you can have authentic or trustable data at scale. Then you talk about, I mean, whether, how do you want to share that information uh, uh, and how you want to retain that information for a much longer time, right? So, so yeah, I mean, I think whatever space you are in, just get obsessed with the problem, build a product vision that is, uh, inspirational, still have a boundary because don't, I mean, start uh, any idea without a boundary and then stay on, stay on it for a very long time. Just feel uh, happy about your, I mean, or set up the team for uh, a multi-iteration model, right? So, of course, of course, there is a funding that has to, that has to be supportive, right? I mean, to stay with the problem for quite some time. The, I mean, a lot of companies, a lot of startups, fail because i mean at some point of time they exhaust the funds and and you know so that is another key aspect to uh, take into consideration i guess um see i think uh, if you have a vision and if you have a process uh, see no no investor can uh, can guarantee that an idea will work like how no founder can guarantee that an idea will work right so I mean, like how you need money. I mean, like how a startup founder will need money. Uh, people with money needs the best ideas to invest on, right? So it's just a, um, it, it's just the right marriage, right? I mean, that uh, you need to figure out, okay? So, I mean, exhausting funds and all of that. I mean, I think there are there are multiple school of thought. I'm not an expert in in this area, but uh, uh, just from my experience, I mean, what I can tell you is, I mean, if you have the right vision, if you have the right uh, uh, execution model, I mean, the right foundation that you can convince um, that, uh, I mean, you can be that uh, uh, that unicorn or whatever, I mean, is the objective that the fund managers have, uh, then um, you, you can be successful, right? So I think I will uh, again go with, uh, I mean, what Peter Thiel uh, says in his book, right? So every fund manager is looking for an idea um, um, that is powerful enough uh, to meet their uh, fund objective. So while they dis uh, they invest in five or ten product uh, products out there, they don't expect all the ten products to become 
uh, the the trillion dollar company right Correct. so they just know that i mean there is one company which will do uh, 95% uh, of their their fund value and and another 10 to make just uh, meet and whatever so it's a, it's a different ball game i mean you should also understand that i mean you should you should be ready to give up your company right so when you are when you, when you are looking for money they are not going to give it to you at free so they are giving it to you because uh, they want a significant uh, return uh, from their investment and that return you should be ready to give it to them correct uh, so don't if you want if you want to take funding don't hold your uh, shares tight right or don't hold your holding tight correct correct again it's, it's it's again saying okay what have you if you are passionate about solving the problem then how much i uh, i have uh, what percentage of stock, uh, stocks i have in my company should not matter to you yeah yeah so this is the priority right i think it's just the priority and how how you approach this problem yeah so one of the famous quotes that i have heard about startups is that always go ahead and launch an mvp let the fires burn let the small fires burn it, it doesn't matter right don't wait to build the perfect product and then go launch uh, the product so do you follow that style is mvp launch your style of a uh, product launch or i mean how do you recalibrate or you know what is your overall path to launch like you spoke about path to conceptualization defining roadmap etc right what is your path to launch yeah it's a, it's a very interesting problem and uh, i mean i think it's like the innovators dilemma okay so uh progress is more important than perfection okay i think i mean for any startup because like i said you don't know whether that solution will work or not so why to make a perfect solution why to build a perfect solution right so don't waste time uh, for one year to just build that perfect solution um and uh, and then figure out that i mean hey this doesn't work and it need not be because of the technology or anything right it may be because the customer uh has not experienced a system like this they are not ready to use a system like this i mean maybe their it systems the rest of the it organizations or the maturity of the customers are not ready to uh, accept a product like this okay so don't get obsessed with the solution and build it for 18 months or whatever right so i think that is the fundamental philosophy so whenever i hear some of my friends i mean who are trying to venture into a startup they say that i mean um looks like i will take another 12 months to launch the product i tell them then it's a recipe for disaster then you will you will commit so much into the solution that you will not listen to your um, customer yes right so once you commit so much to your customers and to the to the product that you have built uh, then if the customer says i mean hey that that button i'm unable to yeah. learn how to execute this flow right you will not accept because you are already obsessed uh, with what the you product. have built right so so definitely mvp i mean lean product principles are the way to go okay but the biggest challenge after after some time that you feel is your customers don't want you to change the software so often yeah because they are now especially in the enterprise space right i mean you cannot i mean keep training the user every 3 months so it becomes very uh, uh, i mean it becomes a very interesting problem right when you want to keep innovating i mean faster you want to i mean experiment uh, faster but your customer says hey you are changing quite frequently i do not uh, uh, i mean it's taking so much of my time to uh, to learn this so that is where i mean including the customer early in the discovery process 
and so on, right? I mean, this is a middle path. So that they also know they are participating in that entire journey. Don't just throw them a, a shock. Mm. You might think that it is a surprise, but it might be a shock oh. that you are throwing at the customer. So, so it's important to to get that balance, and and that is a challenge that I mean every every product company faces as they grow, right? And Google cannot just suddenly change their interface, right? It has to be still that simple search bar, okay. and that is the and that is the 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 innovation of Google, right? So they can still keep dry. I mean, having that same page from the start date till till today. So take very minimal decisions on UI UX. I mean, don't make it complex. Uh, let the decisions remain simple, so that it gives you the flexibility uh, of change as you as you move forward. And the customers don't. See, bring, build the complexities behind the scene. Yeah. Don't build the complexity on the scene, on the screen, right? So, uh, so I think there are some good practices that uh, that we should follow as you scale. How you can innovate faster. So MVP is is the recommended path to launch, yeah. right? MVP okay. and shorter sprints. Yeah, MVP and shorter sprints. Okay. So based on your current view of the industry itself, right? I'm talking about the technology industry. Right. Um, you know, what is your, you know, what are the markets to focus on the most? Uh, right. Do you have a view of, um, you know, which markets are going to need and what technology is the most? If you could play the role of a gardener for us for a few minutes. Right. What, what, what are you seeing from where you are? See, I think, uh, I mean, okay, again, again, it's just my perspective. So take it with a pinch of salt. Um, uh, so I think, uh, I mean, today A is in that cusp of uh, glory, right? So um, you cannot uh, ignore A, okay? So if you have an idea uh, and if you don't build it around A, you will be dead, okay? Uh, because somebody else is going to build it around A, okay? So, um, so I think we should take very seriously in every aspect of uh, the product that we uh, uh, that we build. So um, there cannot be any product company which doesn't have an AAT minimum. That is my uh, two cents. Um, which means all of us should learn a first model and and reimagine all the workflows through a. I'll just give a simple example. I mean, I think if you take uh, uh, the IT service management uh, market, which has been predominantly dominated by people who are focused on process intelligence, etc., are easily getting disrupted by uh, by companies which are specialized in chatbots. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because the automation, I mean, from from IT service, ITIL process expertise, and all of that, now it has moved to a, a consumer or a user centric uh, uh, software systems. Uh, so. You see that, I mean, there is a significant disruption uh, happening in the ITSM space with these companies which built uh, a chatbot uh, for customer success. I mean, you see Zoho to Freshworks, they're beating all traditional uh, ITSM vendors, uh, hands down. So, so A is a very critical space. Okay, uh, if you're a if you're a startup founder, um, you need to know. Uh, you need to be comfortable with A. I think uh, that's what my view. With three dot I feel I mean has a very long way to go. Uh, I, I, I mean I'm sure that I mean there are some very interesting uh, uh, use cases. Um, 
but uh, can we create all the physical assets digitally uh, and, and have the uh, digital experience? Because, I mean, personally, I thought that digital is, is equal to abundance, right? So, which means that, I mean, you can just, I mean, software, software means abundance, right? But Web3.0 thrives on artificial scarcity, okay? Uh, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's challenging me uh, from a, when I think about it. How can digital talk about scarcity, right? All these NFT tokens and all of that is all about, I mean, creating scarcity. You just have 100 uh, tokens and all of that. But I'll, I'll still be interested to, to watch it because um, today it's all about building exclusive uh, products. Okay, when I say exclusive products, everybody needs, I mean, I think people uh, talked about personalized products at, at some point, right? Where you get an Apple pen, where your name is engraved and all of that, right? But you don't have any value of the pen after your ownership is done. Yeah. Nobody would want uh, to buy a Madhav, a pen which is engraved as Madhav, right? It's just personalized my product and I have to just throw it out. I mean, after my usage is over, right? But if you take an exclusive product, right? I mean, saying a product uh, that is signed by, uh, 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 I mean, say, um, uh, uh, Djokovic, right? Uh, that's an exclusive product. I mean, maybe I just produce 100 shoes uh, which are uh, signed by Djokovic. And then I integrate uh, the, the NFTs uh, to it because physical products have the scarcity, right? So, so the, the, instead of looking at ex building exclusive products on digital world, can we marry the physical products, I mean, exclusive physical products with NFTs and then ensure e-commerce and so on uh, so that the value of the product uh, goes up, uh, continuously keep going up. Uh, I think that's a very strong use case uh, from a Web3.0 uh, that we should look at, uh, not in terms of digital content uh, uh, creation and trying to create value. Um, so, so these are fascinating. And of course, I mean, IoT, uh, I feel that has already integrated into, uh, into our life, right? I mean, so the smartwatch that you have um, and uh, from a consumer product perspective, it's already integrated. I mean, like mobile phone, you didn't realize that it was taking over your life. So I think IoT has already taken over life. Space tech, I think, is, is, is a big emerging area in countries like India you know, because the privatization, I mean, this is, how, this is when the industry is getting privatized. So maybe we should look at uh, that as a, uh, tipping point for that uh, technology, um, human brain interaction. I think. I mean, there. I mean, yeah. I think there are quite a few uh, yeah, fascinating yeah. areas that are there. But I would today, if there is one thing that you should all, I mean, every founder should look at whether you are creating the next disruptive GPT engine or whatever. Right? No. Learn A. If not, you will get disrupted. There is no product that can exist without A. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what about Chat GPT? Are you are you also saying that uh, you know Google will lose to ChatGPT? Are you following the trends? Uh, that specific product I'm talking about, right? I mean, what are your views? Because the adoption and the craze is is, is like something that I have seen in the very very early days when Google was launched, right? Everybody, I mean, they they use ChatGPT for pretty much everything, and you know, for my QA team, I mean, just uh, uses it to you know just find write me a test case for this. Starting from that, I mean, it just goes on and on, right? So what is your view on that specific uh, product? 
uh, it's a part of uh, my daily life already okay so i spend uh, two hours in chat gpt okay yeah so see i think the power of uh, chat gpt is if i am a programmer right i don't use chat gpt to program okay but assuming i am a nerd okay i have a great product idea but i don't know how to market that idea i can augment it right so it is my virtual assistant which fills up the gaps that i have in me right so we have a lot of debate going on right i'm mean, saying it cannot solve even basic mathematics problem and all of that right to test the artificial intelligence it doesn't ha- it doesn't mean that we have to be dumb to use an artificial intelligence system yeah. we should understand that we are still intelligent we will continue to be intelligent and we'll continue to be a dominant uh, uh, yeah. race okay and if you start using a as augmenting like how you use an office assistant right i mean or your uh, alexa or your uh, siri in your phone it's not replacing i mean your typing right maybe it is just automating one of your tasks i mean we cannot just suddenly say that okay my vocabulary will go up or my typing skills will go up i feel that i mean i think we are over reading into that situation so we have i mean i think two sides of the uh, same coin i mean today interestingly there is a I mean, New York Times uh, editor who uh, went and uh, uh, had a much longer conversation with the uh, with the engine that Microsoft integrated with their Bing, and then the discussion about whether it is sentient or not. I mean, all of this are happening. I mean, I, we still don't know whether plants are sentient. Okay, first let's figure it out. Okay, we don't even know how to test whether something is sentient or not. I think leaving aside all these controversies, it is compressing time for me. what it will take 3 months of analysis and research yeah i can do it in 30 minutes using chat gpt if i just know what i am searching for yeah it's a significant um uh, time compression uh, for me okay i don't want to predict whether i mean what will happen to the search market what will happen to google because even microsoft has integrated this into the bing uh, engine right so i think there is still a value of search uh, and uh, and uh, these augmented intelligence systems uh, because the authenticity of information i mean you still don't know right what is the source of yeah. uh, this data right so uh, I, i'm sure that i mean you will still search after you you get that yeah, it's yeah. yeah it is just that compression right i mean it just uh, the uh, the time compression it's a great augmenting tool right because i i mean we are just building a uh, a video uh, using uh, by generating scripts uh, using chat gpt so you can ask it to do a storyboard we just gave it a concept it it could give us a script uh, and now our video editors are just using it to to build the video thing so it's a i mean because i am not a specialist in uh, generating a video content right so i i use it to augment my capability mm-hmm. but i if i go and ask it saying okay what is the technology that can solve sustainability problem it's not going to give me answer that <laughs> i still uh, i mean i still have my job <laughs> i will continue to have my job at least for few more years <laughs> so you build product for big companies you have also built from scratch right a company from scratch what is your uh, you know what is your favorite uh, place to what do you think are is the right environment for uh, product and technology evangelists such as yourself uh, to experiment and really products i mean build products did you get the freedom did you get the funding did you get the support and sponsorship in both or i believe that startups move faster right because they have nothing to lose so they move faster 
and that agility i have seen missing in the big companies is that your your view too or what's your overall take on that so i think there are advantages uh, and disadvantages in both these cases right i mean i think if you are uh, under a very big uh, 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 enterprise right the ability to uh, to get inputs i mean the ability i mean your first deal can be with with one of the Yes. largest customers uh, uh, out there right so you're, you are, i mean there is already a well oiled sales machine and all of that see i feel that irrespective of the company uh, uh, or the size you are in right that in, that whether you are an entrepreneurship mindset or you have an entrepreneurship mindset whatever it is i think that is very critical hmm. nobody is there is no free meal okay in, in either cases right so i mean you can see that today i mean i think there are some statistics i mean i don't recall them very clearly i think they say that i mean the cda it's just 5% of the companies get seed fund it's just 5% of the seed companies get series a i think the 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 percentage of companies uh, or the ideas that gets uh, uh, that sees the end of the day is less in either cases yeah. um, all we need to understand is either way i mean there are checks and balances in both the systems and you should just be entrepreneurial to uh, uh, to navigate in uh, in both these systems right i mean i think a lot of companies have a, a multi million dollar uh, product portfolio a lot of services companies have a multi million dollar port, uh, services i mean product portfolio that they are able to protect uh, as well i think it is just that visionary uh, leader who is helping it to move forward okay so any final thoughts on product before i go into the rapid fire session where we will explore a little bit on the personal side of madhav any anything that you want to share about the product offers that i missed asking you but you think is worthwhile to share no i think uh, uh, i mean i i can't recall anything uh, right now but but if you, if you just look at it i mean i think uh, a product offers is is the most critical part of uh, uh, any startup okay um, getting the right people yeah empowering them uh, and uh, and giving them a big vision to uh, to go after i think that is very critical okay that is, i think that is the role of the founders right i mean you have to inspire them uh, uh, and i mean get the right people and inspire them yeah i think that's the that's going to be the most uh, important uh, tasks that each one of us do i'm sure all of us are smart enough to figure it out <laughs> okay now let me move on to the rapid fire um, session very extempore you 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 should just answer what comes to your mind no you can't take time to think okay because we want to explore the personal side of madhav right which is the non product <laughs> and it's supposed to be fun okay so okay ready to go you are off to the moon and you are likely never coming back and you are allowed to take one thing with you which will still allow you to do what you like the best from there what would you take with you maybe a bunch of elera ja songs that i can listen <laughs> and relax and, <laughs> and okay. get over that solitude okay all right so one favorite book and one favorite book person and place book uh, on top of my mind is alchemist uh, because uh, every time i read that book i get something different uh, i mean i think uh, uh, if 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 you if you read any book i believe that i mean the uh, after you you finish the book that is when the impact should be strong it's not when you are reading the book uh, i mean that is all these thrillers and all of that you get excited when you are reading the book 
but alchemist will stay with you for for a very long time so i i make it a habit that i read it once in a year because i feel that i mean i get something new uh, every time and the favorite person favorite person i i get inspired very quickly i i mean i think i get i mean i have been inspired by you uh, uh, i think uh, uh, i love to observe people and i like to get uh, inspired by the best uh, that they have so i have maybe thousand people whom I like <laughs> your favorite spot where you like to go okay. retreat spot like place where you like to go often even if you have visited 100 times um i'm a very uh, lazy traveler so my home is the best uh, place i love to be <laughs> back home <laughs> home is your favorite spot and just my enjoy my my food with my family yeah so you're not in a room but a bunch of people that know you very well are talking about you what are they likely to tell about you what do you think is your usp or brand value that madhav carries that people are about to talk about you when you're not in the room i'm sure everybody will say that i'm the loudest person always <laughs> <laughs> and um, i think i am friendly uh, with uh, i'm friendly and approachable uh, so i think i think uh, i think they'll just say i mean this guy is i mean can disturb uh, 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 any conversation because he's so loud and he's so passionate about his ideas so i i can be really hard uh, when it comes to brainstorming sessions brainstorming <laughs> okay okay so what did young madhav as a as a teenager wanted to be and are you living that dream or it's completely different no actually uh, till uh, uh, my uh, post graduation i mean or my uh, uh, under graduation i didn't have any vision in life uh, i think uh, even today i take life as it comes but always i wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, in fact uh, i wanted to name my first company as nova tech okay <laughs> and uh, the the philosophy behind it was i mean the noah ark right where Correct. it saved the entire population so i got inspired by that noah ark and then i i wanted to name my company as nova tech uh, when i was uh, young. of course uh, our company is not called that <laughs> <laughs> so that way yes i'm living uh maybe my first uh, dream that i recall today uh, yeah okay so a bunch of college grads all from the same college with absolutely no work experience come to you and you are evaluating them on pure skill sets and you will train them on whatever your startup is doing what's a soft skill will earn them a seat in your team the only uh, thing i look for is uh, are you ready to learn and learn and learn right so i asked them some foundational questions uh, um, like saying okay what is your take on religion right and i will i'll try to break them right so during that conversation mm. are they are they having are they coming with a strong bias or are they listening to you and and i mean trying to engage in a dialogue right rather than engaging in an argument i think that is more critical people who have very strong point of view i mean i think are very difficult to uh, to take into an organization because especially like a startup right the biggest question that i always keep uh, getting from my team is hey you only said it differently a couple of days back i tell them yes 
Yeah. But this is something that I discovered today. That doesn't mean that I mean yesterday I was wrong or today I'm wrong. Right? Correct. It is just that that progress, right? I mean your customers have told you something. So you well definitely we don't want to keep disturbing the rhythm and not end anywhere, right? But don't take uh, the uh, the ticket to your destination. Uh, just to, I mean just start traveling, and then just keep figuring out the path as you move forward. So. I think that is the only thing. You have to be a continuous learner and are you showing that ability uh, uh, in this? You might be the best uh, uh, A engineer, but have you looked at solving a problem using what you know? Have you looked at these problems uh, that you can solve? Or are you always be bent up like a conversation day is the next best thing? A, yeah, only conversation day is the only world, right? Just explore. The world is much bigger and uh, much diverse. Uh, than what we think it is. <laughs> so uh, do you have mentors? Let's say you don't have mentors. I mean, I'm hoping that you have somebody in the startup ecosystem you have as a mentor. Let's say you don't have one. Then three of the choices, which one would be your favorite mentor? Like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, or Elon Musk? Who would you like to be mentor? Like if you have one mentor, please bring it out. If not, which one would... So yeah, like I said, I get inspired by by almost uh, everybody I meet. Okay, so I take something uh, good from uh, uh, everyone. Okay, and and maybe when I'm searching something, right? When I'm searching something, I will go and look for the uh, best. Uh, I think Jeff Bezos uh, is my bet um, because um, Amazon uh, uh, to AWS. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's happening with this uh, uh, space tech, uh, uh, blue the, uh, space tech, the blue origin, uh, what's happening with it. Uh, but um, he, he, he stays with the problem uh, for a very long time. I mean, Amazon has not been, I mean, he has not exited Amazon and, and went and started AWS. I mean, he didn't exit. I, I mean, and, and I think, I mean, even Bill Gates is, is a big, uh, I mean, uh, inspiration and somebody whom I would uh, look for. Because, I mean, you cannot get excited with thousand uh, problems around you, okay? I mean, some founders like Elon Musk, I mean, they can get excited with hundred big things. I mean, yes, definitely he will solve. I mean, maybe if there is a guy who can solve world hunger's problem, maybe there's Elon Musk, right? Because he's very aggressive and he's very, um, um, I mean, he, he wants to explore everything. Maybe he has time, he has some supernatural powers. I, I'm not a supernatural guy. So I would rather go with uh, Jeff Bezos because <laughs> I feel that he, he has done what is humanly possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, I think it's very, uh, I mean, I, I feel that it's very early to, to take him as an inspiration. He's a, he's, he's a good Facebook executive. Yeah. That's okay. how I feel. <laughs> okay. So if you were to do all of this again, what would you do differently or you will just stick to the path that you have come along? See, I think uh, uh, the best thing that happens, uh, happened to me was the co-founders. Uh, um, I think I would always insist that uh, getting the founding team uh, is very, very critical uh, because not every day uh, will be great. I mean, we call this as rainbow days. Okay, so in the morning you will have a good news. In the afternoon you will have a bad news. In the evening you will have a news which is inspiring. I mean, which is just get you back to track. Okay, you definitely at least need shoulders to cry on. 
correct okay so uh, so one thing i will do it again uh, for sure is go with the same founding team right because you uh, there is a great founding team we all complement each other uh, and uh, and it's great to to work with this bunch of people uh, even after 5 6 years of being in this journey i would still love to uh, do it once again uh, one thing that uh, i would do differently is um, we started with an engineering team and then we had the product team um, and product team uh, we we built it after 2 years after building the product that is the mistake i would want not to do it i'll first hire a product manager and then i'll look for engineering people and yeah. and the team composition also matters a lot so don't i mean don't pre commit on a team composition right if you hire 50% ui guy and 50% back end engineers which means that your product will be equally complex in both the areas to hire 10% ui guy and 90% back end engineers all the complexities will be in the back end the ui will be very simplified so it's very critical to also understand the team composition so i'll focus on getting the right balance of the team if not i mean it may just get complex uh, in value invest more okay all right okay any final parting comments thoughts linkedin handles anything that you want to share before we do it uh, yeah, i think it it was a i mean i thoroughly enjoyed this conversation because i mean it's it's fun to uh, chat with you and uh, i mean the space is also something uh, uh, really exciting uh, and uh, i mean i think we are in exciting times uh, with regards to what software uh, can do uh, i think um, i enjoyed this conversation it uh, actually gave me a lot of uh starting points of thinking <laughs> so thank you so much for that i will wish all the wishers uh, best of luck i mean if if they are in that early stage journey i mean i think uh, just stick on to an idea or a problem i'm sure all of us uh, the world ha- world is uh, abundant to take care of all of us so all the very best to all the listeners yeah thank you madam i think it was great um, talking to you lots of you know small small nuggets throughout uh, that you shared and i i tell my daughter right like you know see we all are so lucky to have been in the technology industry at the right time and anyone that is aspiring to build a product don't get bogged down by, by ai and all that this is still the right time there are numerous possibilities right so on that note i mean i want to thank you for your time and uh, we will see you soon and good luck with um, trust raise and all the other things that life has to offer you good luck and thank you thank you thank you shubha thank you so much and that's a wrap i hope you all found this episode with rajiv useful i will see you again in my next episode with yet another c suite leader covering much more useful insights and learnings until then stay safe and take care.